Younger self, I would say um, probably choose your friends wisely. Um, you know, immerse yourself into the culture, which I've, I've been doing anyway. Um, but certainly, um, don't 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 always watch Al Jazeera, and certainly don't watch Bing uh, Dubai. <laughs> but um, my, I would say um, just 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 embrace the the, the the place where you are because Dubai is just a phenomenal place. Welcome back to the Social Hotelier podcast with me, Sam Eric Ruthman. My guest today is Chief Executive Officer and Founder of Spearhead Creativity, Paul Williams. He has been in Dubai since 2006, and with his company, he's providing brand marketing, creative design, and public relation activities for hospitality companies. So uh, welcome to our show today. Hey, Sam, how are you? I'm good. I'm very glad that we are connected again after a long time. Uh, yeah, we both were in Dubai at the same time uh, during my past career, and I'm actually have I've lost a little bit touch of what's happening in Dubai. But I think more importantly, it would be interesting to learn about your journey, what inspired you to move to Dubai, and how that then developed to a career that you have now. Sure. Thank you so much. Uh, I just want to say thank you so much for having me on the show. Uh, I really appreciate it. Um, so going back to my, uh, let's say, earlier days, and obviously when we first connected, Sam, um, um, obviously, as you mentioned, I've been here since 2006. So I initially got headhunted by a media company to come and work out here uh, called Great Business Communications. Um, initially, that was back in 2005. I accepted the position and, uh, at, the end of, at the tail end of 2005 and came out here in 2006. But I had the opportunity of actually working from the office in South Africa and um, and I had South Africa and, and Dubai. But there was something about Dubai that was really intriguing. Um, I've heard so much about the Middle East, uh, in particular in Dubai, um, how, how, how much is, you know, multicultural. It's a safe place. Um, and, it, and obviously at that time it was tax-free. So um, it, there was no hesitation um, on, on that front because I was always looking for an opportunity abroad. So... Dubai popped up and I thought it was uh, the right time. Very good. You, you, what's interesting now is that you, you work for a, a company and then you decided to uh, start your own. What was sort of that inspiration or what, what triggered you to then to start your own company eventually? I mean, to, to be honest with you, I've, I've always kind of had that um, entrepreneurial flair um, from, from my early kind of career days. Um, but I think it's, for me personally, it was just a personal growth and personal journey that I went through throughout the years of working in the corporate field. You know, I've worked in London, I've worked in New York, and now uh, in Dubai, I've been here almost 18 years now, Sam. Um, but one of the things that kind of stuck out for me when I, when I first opened my agency two years ago um, was when I was working, you know, pro, you know throughout the, uh, let's say, uh, the COVID period was was quite a challenge, uh, you know, internally for anyone uh, going through that situation. And um, I remember going through that that period and also coming out of it very very strong in terms of numbers, figures, and pipeline. We had a very good year that year. Um, and I, I went back to the UK um, quickly just to see my my kids and, and visit my daughter. It was her birthday. Um, and this is coming off the back end of working, you know. <laughs> nine, ten hour days, sometimes during the weekend. 
Um, so we, I went back during the Easter period um, just to celebrate that period with my daughter and, and, and my family. And after being back home for three days, I got a call from my from my then um, you know boss, I should per se, saying that I had to come back. There was a crisis. The the, the client was uh, upset with one of the account managers at the time. The handover um, wasn't substantial enough, and I had to come back and sort it out. So uh, I had to break the news to my to my daughter. She wasn't happy at the time. She was you know she burst into tears, and at that point. I just thought to myself, there's really no empathy in, in the workplace. Um, and for me, um, starting my own agency, that's one of my key pillars is having em- empathy in the workplace and having empathy and compassion for uh, the people that's around you. I, I want to create that kind of culture where I am approachable um, and people shouldn't be afraid to ask questions. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, as well as I'm helping my staff, my colleagues, you know, feed their families, you know, they're actually helping me do, do the same. And, and the respect is there. So for me, that was the, the that was a turning point in my career where I just said, you know, when I get back, I need to actually start looking at something to do and, and start my own my own business. Yeah. I mean, this is a actually a kind of a brave, brave move of you to start something on your own, considering there's a lot of competition in in Dubai and then basically uh, you're, you're ex- showing your own business card rather than working for maybe a, a bigger company and so on. Yeah. So, but what were sort of the initial uh, uh, learnings for you that you started your own company in, in Dubai? Uh, just doing the setup and and uh, I know you must have a lot of relationships in place, but just the, the practicality, how it is, because some people maybe who are listening here, they are saying, well, I should consider Dubai. So, uh, that in mind, it would be great if you could share some of your own uh, experiences and the winnings Absolutely. and maybe some challenges. Absolutely. I think it's it's very important, um, you know, if you, you do your research, you know, you understand the landscape, um, you work out whether you want a kind of a land company or a free zone, depending on your activity. And I would definitely say, you know, not shop around, but do your research and, and, and inquire personally um to the to to the free zones or to the the entities yourself directly and don't go for an agent this you know an agent will charge you an arm and a leg better for you to go directly and try and negotiate a package that's right for you and right for your your business setup at that given time depending on your activity um and also simultaneously um also check out the banking system and make sure the right you're with the right bank that suits you um, there's obviously you you, ha- you have an abundance of banking um, options over here, but some banks charge uh, you know specific fees or you need a minimum balance. So it all depends on your activity, really, Sam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, what is a free zone? So a free zone is just basically uh, an area where you can you can trade out of like you know having like a hot desk. Um, you don't necessarily need a, 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 a you know a, an office space per se, um, and, it's, and it's it's very well equipped for uh, the entrepreneur who start is starting out small, doesn't have like a massive team. It could be an individual um, freelancer, etc. Um, and there there's many different benefits from having the free zone in terms of um, you know cutting through certain red tape and uh, banking systems and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I remember those days also. I mean, I went to a free zone and I found that very, very, very useful uh, with the kind of work I had. Uh, but I also remember the challenges of opening a bank account in Dubai. It took a little bit of time to <laughs> to get all the p- paperwork yeah. done. 
it's true, yes, of course. I mean, it does yeah. take time, but it's worth it in the end. At the end of the day, it's your business, it's your baby. And, you know, as long as you're organized and, and patience as well is, is, a, is another phrase that I can put in there. As long as you've got patience, then, you know, everything, everything will work out for sure. It's so, yeah. I mean, Dubai is set up for entrepreneurial people, people who come up with creative ideas. This is a very innovative place. Um, and it definitely welcomes, um, you know, creative people and just um, entrepreneurs per se. Yeah. So uh, were you uh, were you like a solopreneur or did you have already a partner or somebody that you uh, uh, that you partnered with when you start your company or how did that uh, how was your kind of uh, setup at that time? So so my setup basically while I was obviously working there was specific projects that I was working on simultaneously. Um you know that wasn't related to to the to the job I was doing at, at the time PR and stuff like this. Um but when I first started initially I started off by myself. Um, and that was a learning curve in itself, Sam, because obviously I, I, I was the accountant, I was the PRO, I was the tax advisor, um, the creative designer, um, you know, so I had all the elements and facets and obviously working from, from, you know, eight o'clock in the morning till eight o'clock at night, uh, it's not sustainable, but I did enjoy the journey because obviously I was working for myself and that was a beautiful thing of working for yourself and seeing the end product for me, that was just phenomenal um but as my business has grown and, and obviously as i've taken on more clients and and diversified the portfolio of spearhead creativity um i've partnered with with another agency uh called unor um and uh, there's a lady called huda naji who's my business partner and my managing managing partner and um she manages kind of the digital marketing um the influencer marketing and the event space um per se for some of our clients where I managed the kind of strategy, the development, um, the branding elements, uh, and the storytelling, which is uh, which is something I love doing. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah, and I think this is a uh, great learning curve. And first of all, you you are wearing a lot of several hats at the same time, but eventually you exactly. Can, <laughs> you have somebody that you can create a trust and somebody you can work with because that gives you the security of developing growth for for the company and so on. Exactly. You have to learn to delegate. That's the, that's the aim of the game. Delegate. If, when you delegate and, and you understand Sam, what you're good at and what you're really, you need to kind of help on, this is the time when you need to kind of delegate the, those tasks. No matter how much, you know, I love my, my, my business and what I do um, and I'm very hands-on, um, learning to delegate is, is one of the most interesting and, 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 and fascinating things you can do as an entrepreneur for sure. Because then you understand exactly what you're good at and how you can influence your team and your staff and motivate them um, and encourage them and, and be grateful for what they're doing. Because actually, at the end of the day, they're creating the, the legacy that you're that you're in this space for, right? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you mentioned uh, at, at the discussion we have had that you have a, a focus on hospitality industry and uh, Dubai being, and not only Dubai, but the, the region being a very dynamic uh, kind of environment for hospitality. Uh, how do you yes. go about identifying potential leads uh, where you are and you know, pitching for a service to them? Because there you have uh, uh, corporate account, corporate uh, uh, hotel chains, or you have individual hotels. Just ca- if you can share some of your your, your approach to this, uh, uh, to getting those. Abs- abs- Absolutely, yeah. Sam. So I mean, I've obviously I've been here for a long time. My background's marketing, media, branding, communications, and PR. I worked for one of the largest publishing houses in, in, in the region, 
uh, ITP Media. Um, and so obviously working on Time Out or Arabian Business, you, you kind of indulge yourself in, into that mix. Um, Dubai is a place where I would say it's, it's not what you know, it's kind of who you know. So I've obviously worked alongside, you know, specific individuals uh, who were probably juniors when I first started here in my career and, and, and now senior members of, of teams, leading teams in the corporate field in hospitality. So I think it's, it's just a case of networking is very, very important. Um, I, I attend trade shows, I go to seminars, uh, I try to participate where possible in, in specific programs and discussion panels or fireside ch chats. Uh, Arabian Travel Market is a big event for, for, for the region here, so I'm always there every year. So I think it's, it's great to work with an individual property and immerse yourself in that property in terms of a hotel or a restaurant per se. But when you, uh, you know, kind of establish yourself as a, as a key figurehead and, 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 and have the knowledge and the know-how to a, a, approach and work with a corporate team, it's a different kettle of fish because, you know, with the pre-opening teams, you know, they've got, they've got a roadmap of, let's say, 15 to 20 hotels to roll out across the region. And that's when you're working with the pre-opening teams when it comes to strategy, development, positioning, and then um, subsequently, I've been very fortunate to work with pre-opening teams across the region, but also some of the pre-opening teams that I've worked with, whether that's Accor, you know, Hyatt, uh, Jumeirah, etc. Um, most of them would have specific assets within the property. So then you're working with the F&B director who's opening up a, uh, you know, a restaurant or the cafe or the all-day dining. And then that's when you kind of you know, have to tell the story about the brand, the positioning, and also look at the restaurant and all the other touch points that go along with that. And, and, for, and unfortunately, you know, for me, I've, I've, I've managed to, to work on, on specific projects like that, but also deep dive into the DNA of the product and subsequently picked up contracts on the back of the opening, whether that's a PR retainer or social media retainer content development, which has been phenomenal. Yeah. Are these like one-time-off projects or is some continu continuity for you uh, when you do these deals, uh, how does it work for you in in, in the region? No, normally, normally, you know, fingers crossed, you do a good job at the beginning, and it and it and it lasts a bit longer than than the two or three months period that you've been hired for. So, I've I've got a very very strong success rate. So, um, you know, I've got a phenomenal team behind me. So, uh, normally, we pick up contracts, but based on a six months to one year basis. Yeah. Okay. And that's not just in Dubai, but you know, across 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 the the regions per se. And now into Asia. Oh yeah. So when you talk about the region, uh, where are you kind of? What are the areas where you are you are uh, providing your services in, in in the region? So right right now we're doing quite quite a lot now in Dubai, obviously because there's a there's a massive buzz. Dubai and Abu Dhabi, Sharjah and Ras Al Khaimah, per se for for the for the um, you know for for this part of the Emirates. Um, and then I'm doing now I'm I'm doing a lot of business in Saudi Arabia. So I'm working oh. um, with specific. Saudi uh, tech companies, startups, and also a couple of hospitality clients in Saudi as well, which has been great. That's terrific. Uh, can you just share, I mean, the nuances, what is the difference about working in, in the different Emirates or, uh, or even in a different, let's say, uh, Qatar or Saudi Arabia to United Arab Emirates? Just get to, because you have the insight now, you've been there long enough. I, I would say, you know, obviously it's a, it's, there's different cultures, right? So there's a different mix of cultures um, you know, uh, you know, working with Emiratis is different than working with Qataris, for example. There is a difference. Um, but I mean, it's, it's, you know, 
this this region is just fascinating. You know, we've got over 190 different nationalities here, um, people from different backgrounds, religions, races, and it's it's a it's a mix. And um, you know, I, I I like to immerse myself in in the culture and embrace the culture. Um, I love to travel as well. I think it's important to travel and understand different cultures. So you know, here is just a metropolis of 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 experiences. So. Um, um, yeah, I mean, each region has its own difference and its own regulations and its own cultural mixes. So as long as you immerse yourself in, in each culture and, and welcome that and respect it, you would flourish. Yeah, that's very, very important. Uh, I'm also, uh, the region is also very unique in a sense that I, uh, and I'm also interested to learn about your experience with various uh, uh, government entities, uh, their family offices, their royal family members who have their own companies and their family offices. How do you navigate uh, those important relationships? Um, I think, to be honest with you, I think your circle uh, definitely is uh, something that is um, very powerful here in the region. If you've got a strong circle, you don't need multiple people. I don't need a pack of wolves, right? You just need a, a you know a strong mixture of different uh, cultural and friends and relationships. Um, but with with regards to the family offices, I've worked with different family offices across across the region. So not just here in the Middle East, but in the UK, uh, is in USA um, and other parts of Asia. Um, so that so so that mix is 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 quite unique and quite different. So I get invited to a lot of family office gatherings. Um, I'm the um, you know head of government relations for a company called Virtual. Um, which is a platform set up for family offices. It's a virtual space working on V2, V3 type web um, seminars and conferences and, and, and the technology behind the web free is just phenomenal. So that brings together um, family offices from around the globe on a, on a virtual space, which is very secure and, and, and um, you know, very interactive. And we're doing okay. that now. We're rolling that out as a pilot in in the government entities now as well. We're working and doing test piloting for DIFC, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but moving moving to the other side, which is the royal family side, is it's a unique space to be in. Um, and I'm very grateful for the opportunities that I've had working with members of the royal family uh, in this region, traveling and doing uh, you know businesses and, and and negotiating contracts and deals. It's been a phenomenal experience and, and one I'm very, very grateful for. Yeah. Are there any unique benefits or maybe perhaps challenges that you have to be aware of when you are, uh, you are uh, that comes with those high-profile uh, partnerships? Family offices, no. But, I mean, when you're working with a royal family, it can get a bit protective over you. So, you know, if I'm, <laughs> if I'm working with one person, uh, you know, within the family, within the royal family group, I can't really work with another if that makes sense, because yes. I'm not saying there's a rivalry, but there's a protection that I need that, that there is around me. So, um, and there's a protocol as well in terms of information that I can discuss and talk about. So I need to be mindful sure. of that. Um, but there's no real challenges. You just got to be mindful of how you present yourself. You've got to be mindful how you are in public. Uh, and you've got to be mindful um, just in general. You just got to be respectful. That's, that's the, that's yeah. the, that's the bottom line really. And um Hopefully you you'll be able to make some connections and make some business on the way. Yeah, sure. I know. I remember that very clearly. That uh, and also, I mean, during the time I was there, I was trying to figure out um, <clears throat> who is who because usually there was a time when somebody said, "Well, um, maybe you have an opportunity to make the sheikh." So I was wondering, well, 
Okay, well, can you give me a little bit more information who that Sheikh would be? So I get the name, uh, first name. I said, well, I need a little bit more than that. And then I got the last name. No, a little bit more than that. So I had to ask the question, well, what was the name of the father or the grandfather? And, I, and, and kind of understanding from what part of a, a large family or, or a clan mm. or a tribe, if you will, who that person is, whether he's a, a, a government person or is it actually a business person? So those were actually my learnings. I, and I remember uh, at the time, there was a, you could actually subscribe to a, a kind of a family tree and where they updated yes. all the male members of a, of a family. So you can, so, because it can be quite confusing to navigate who is who because there are some familiar names, but there's always a, that important difference on, on the father or the grandfather. Is that how you have seen it also? Yeah, I mean, that's what we portray, right? That's the image that we portray in our heads because this is what we hear. But if you're actually with, you know, these individuals and understand them and work with them, then you get to find out the kind of the real deal. Um, yeah. So I'll give you an example. I mean, I was working for uh, a member of the royal family and this gentleman um, was pretty, there's a ranking system. So I didn't know there was this before, but there is a rank. So depending how close you are to, the, obviously to mother and father, depends on your ranking. So I was, I was working for uh, a member of the royal family, uh, Emirati royal family here, and uh, he was the fourth child out of, out of 32 children. So you can imagine that there's there's shakers, there's princesses, and etc. So the further down the line you are, the less kind of privileged you are. But it depends on the relationship we have with the parents as well. So it's it's quite it's quite it's quite unique in a sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're meeting a shake, a shake could be either a member of the royal family or it could be a person a person of wealth. So not necessarily yes. a royal person. It could be a person of wealth or a, a person whose family has been here for you know, from the beginning, for, for, for generations, you know? Yeah. Okay, very interesting, because this is something which is very unique to, to the region and, and for, for the listeners. If you are planning uh, to uh, have a future and a career in, in the region, those are very important uh, tips now that Paul has been uh, giving, because I learned, I learned also early on, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad I had a mentor at that time who gave me those valuable tips, That because it's very a very, you have to be very mindful and very respectful, and, and also understand that uh, that uh, what those relationships can uh, mean and what the expectations on you are from them that you are delivering uh, on promise. And so that's very very important tips that you have shared already. But let's Thank move you. away from, let's move um, on to Dubai and uh, uh, being a very dynamic place, um, not only Dubai, but in general in the region, uh, you have noticed some uh, trends over there of what has developed, particularly in hospitality. What are, the, what are things that are, what is sort of the hot topics now in, in uh, we are talking about technologies and so on. Uh, where do you see where the area has been developing? I think, and if, I, think, I, think, I think, you know, AI at the moment is playing a massive role in, in, in the way we think and the way we see things at the moment. So in terms of technology and, and the AI landscape, it's, 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 it's so diverse at the moment. There's so many new projects and new technologies coming into the market. 
Um, you know, I've launched just just now. I've launched um, uh, an app for the travel industry called Safaway. So we launched that uh, last month, and it's had a tremendous response from the marketplace. It's been actually it's been around for the last five years, but they've they've never had a representation or representation office, should I say, in in the region. So we opened up the office last month, um, and that uses AI technology. So it's, it's a travel app where you can uh, go on there and you can interact with clients or interact with customers. It's it, one of our biggest partners, or actually our main partner, is, is Booking.com. Um, but it's it's like a Booking.com slash Facebook, so it's quite interactive. It's quite social. Um, so check it out. It's called Safaway. Please please download the app and, and visit the website and check it out. Um, and another project that I'm working on as well uh, is a project called AskQX. So AskQX is actually launching uh, actually this month. Um, uh, so I'm giving you the scoop. Um, so this month coming at the Museum of the Future on the 2nd of November, um, massive launch. Um, again, it's a project that's been worked on for the last six years, but um, now it's actually going to go into the market with a huge bang. And what this, what this project is using is obviously AI and quantum technology. So the, the project itself is actually going up against OpenAI and Microsoft. So similar to ChatGBT, but in over 100 plus languages. Um, so as well as text-to-text, -text, it does text-to-image and image-to-text in over 100 different languages. And what this is doing is, you know, we're starting to implement this now into specific hotel chains and hotel groups in the region. So as well as having your um, website where you can go on and, and a customer can actually view your pricing and, and book their, their stay, they can now chat to a chatbot in over 100 different languages. So this also increases your traffic um, and increases the interaction on your site. So, for example, if I'm coming to Dubai and I'm coming here for two days, I'll type into the set search engine. I could type in, like, you know, I'm in Dubai for two days, give me an itinerary, and it will give you a full itinerary of what you can see or do within the two days. It will give you the times to go. If you have a budget, it will give you the budget allocation and, and, and give you the budget allocation to, and suit to suit your your, your, your map or, or where you want to go during, during the time. It will give you restaurant recommendations. So it's, it's absolutely phenomenal. And it will do it in within you know, 15, 20 seconds of you doing the search. So not only does that enable your customers to feel uh, welcome, but it also enables more traffic to come to the site, more inquiries, and also um, the, the viewing points. So someone staying on or the, or the people staying on the website will increase, like the volume will increase, but also the duration of this time on the website will increase, so which is great. So I think AI is definitely something that's going to be um, uh, a focal point for the hospitality industry in the next five years, 100%. Sure, sure. It's all it is. I mean, just think about that uh, publicly, the chat GPT only is roughly a year old in, publicly. I mean, a little bit more or less than that. So, and now everybody has been jumping into it and, I realize that one has to be really mindful when somebody's when you read something that has been produced from these AIs that you have to be very critical between the lines. But <laughs> that's a different story. But your your app and all that that's terrific in yeah. creating a a experience for for a traveler within the Thank certain you. budget restrictions or or interest and so on. So that's that's a terrific thing. Great yeah. stuff. Um, um 
Good. Uh, now the Dubai can be a very, or the region can be a very, it's dynamic, but it can also be very, very difficult for the first time when you arrive. And uh, you kind of see sort of that uh, blink Dubai and you think this is how life is, which you know that it's only a reality show. Reality show. But what are some practical tips you would give if uh, somebody, if you would be coming, Paul, uh, for the first time 18 years ago and you know exactly what you know now, what tips would you have given to your younger self when you came to Dubai? Uh, younger self, I would say um, probably choose your friends wisely. Um, you know, immerse yourself into the culture, which I've, I've been doing anyway. Um, but certainly, um, don't 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 always watch Al Jazeera, and certainly don't watch uh, Bling Dubai. <laughs> 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 but um, my, I, I would say, um, just 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 embrace the, the 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 place where you are, because Dubai is just a phenomenal place. It's a phenomenal place to meet people. It's a phenomenal place to do business. And just be mindful of, of the circle around you. That's very important. You know, make sure you've got a good circle of people around you. Um, and just be yourself. Don't try and be like someone on Bling Dubai, which is not real. Just be yourself. Yeah. And, yeah. And, 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 you know, the, 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 the people around you and the abundance that you'll create will be, will be phenomenal, you know? Yeah. So what would be sort of a... Uh, Favorite thing that Paul Williams likes to do when he has time on his hand that he he can do some favorite activity. Well, I'm quite active, so I like I like sports. So I do like to watch sport, but I also like to play sports. So I, I play paddle tennis, um, squash, tennis. Uh, I swim. Uh, I like to read books by the beach and just meditate. Um, I think that's important just to clear your head and and, and lock, lock away for a while. Um, and I'm quite social, so I like to go to like. Not necessarily a fancy restaurant, but I like to go out and eat well and just, um, you know, relax with friends and just catch up and just general topics, affairs, uh, sports, whatever it is that we're, we're open to discussion. And just maybe a, a jazz bar now and again. That would be quite cool yeah. sometimes. Um, if I'm not spending time with my family, that's, 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 that's me. Very good. All right. I think we are coming to the end of our uh, discussion today. And... So, Paul, if somebody would like to connect with you, where can they find you, and where can you, where where can you be reached if they want to yeah, so ask for tips and, and and advice? Absolutely. So, I'm very very active on LinkedIn. So you can you can you can see me and connect with me on LinkedIn. So my profile is Paul Williams. Remember, there's only one Paul Williams. So um, I'm on LinkedIn, um, and also Spearhead Creativity. So my email address is CEO at SpearheadCreativity.com. Um, my website's spareheadcreativity.com and also my social handle, which is spareheadcreativity.com. So if you want to reach out to me for any tips, advice, or, or just in general, um, I'm happy to receive, uh, to receive your call. Very good, Paul. Well, thank, I appreciate for, for you joining today. So really thanks for all the uh, input you gave and, uh, and for also for all the viewers and, and, and listeners uh, please write in the comments if you have any particular, what is your top three priorities for you when you travel into to the region? What are the things that you'd like to learn or and what are the things that you'd like to give? So thanks, Paul, and it has been a great opportunity to speak with you. You're welcome, Sam. You're welcome. I, I, I really appreciate your time. And I think it's very important that, you know, uh, again, as, as an entrepreneur, um, the number one thing I would say is just, 
just believe in yourself, you know, believe in your capabilities, believe in yourself, love yourself and, and you know, don't worry about what anyone says or, or, or any doubts in your mind from any other people. Just focus on you. Um, don't worry about the haters. Allow that to, f- to fuel your desire, um, you know, and just be yourself. Just just be yourself. That's the most important thing because you have to be yourself and you have to really believe in yourself because if you don't believe in yourself, then no one else is going to believe in you. So just go out there and do your thing. I've worked, you know, in, in, in toxic environments. I've worked for great entrepreneurs and leaders and I'm very grateful for all of the experience I've had but there has been time when people have doubted me there has been time when someone's tried to put me down but you know look at me now and and look where I am and um, you know don't allow anyone to 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 say anything to you or put you down because that's basically a reflection of their own insecurity so just go out there do you be happy and and that's it so thank you so much Sam I really appreciate it God bless and uh, thank you so much for the opportunity. This was a terrific episode with uh, my friend Paul Williams. He shared a number of tips that I hope is will help to you. Let me know if you have any other questions and put them in the comments. I'd be glad to and answer them, and I would be glad to pass them on to Paul if I don't know the answer. But make sure to visit our website, uh, thesocialhoteliershow.blueberry.net, where you can subscribe to the show in Apple Podcast, Spotify, or Google Play, so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, and appreciate the rating in Apple Podcast, or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us too. So be sure to tune in for our next episode.